Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. For everyone that's struggling, God, whether it be a migraine today, whether it be a sore throat or cough, even for some other things that people are even more concerned with right now, that some clinician has set over them, a doctor has set over them, God, we know that you have called us to obey your word and not theirs. Now, so, Father, we stand fast this evening and knowing that your kindness and your mercy is what leads salvation. We thank you, Father, that we can come into this building tonight and we can make it a church. On this Wednesday evening, we can be excited and thrilled about you coming soon, God. And not only your arrival, Father, but what you're doing right now in us as a community and as a people, God, as a church, as your disciples, Father, we ask you would speak with boldness and clarity and accuracy this evening, God, like only you can. No minister can do that on his or her own, God. Only you can do that, Father. We love you. I want you to just say something with me this evening before we sit down. I just want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I humble myself before you right now. Right. We thank you, Father. You guys can be seated. Thank you, praise team. And it's good to have a praise team on Wednesday night. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Jamie, go ahead and put up that first picture for me. We're going to talk about um, yokes tonight. And. I want you just to really open up your heart and your spirit to um, this really brief, simple teaching tonight. Um, you know, we we have a real tendency to think that we know a message before we've heard it, um, and 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 that is a real deliberate act of rebellion <laughs> against the Lord. Because if you do spend time in the Word of God, you will realize very quickly that revelation that you had on a scripture a year ago is different than revelation you have on that same scripture today. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because the word of God is not Robert Frost, it's not William Shakespeare, it's not artistic, it's not a compilation of, of men's opinions, it is the, the breathing power of God in our life. And so when you Read the Word of God, you should have great expectations of truth knocking you out. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be knocked out sometimes. <laughs> that sounded really weird, didn't it? <laughs> I didn't mean it the way it sounded. All right, anyways. We're not seeking for the Holy Spirit to roofie us tonight, praise God. Wow, this recording over here is going so well already. Praise God. Praise God. So I want you guys to take a look at that, that yoke there. Um, I'm going to explain that in a minute. I'm going to read a, a quick little poem to you. Uh, Come unto me, my beloved, give me your yoke to bear. 
Loosen from your shoulders the burdens that you wear. Give unto me all your troubles. Nothing is too difficult for me. Take off those chains that bind and keep you from being free. Give, give unto me all your worries. Place them here at my feet and rid yourself of the constraints that ties you up in defeat. Give unto me your heavy load. Place it right here in my hand. Work loose that which that binds you and experience my perfect plan. Come unto me, my beloved. There is nothing that I can, can't do. Take off the yoke that keeps away the love that I have for you. You know, you guys know the scripture well, but I want to read it to you just as a foundation for this evening. Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can turn up these house lights a little bit so folks can take some notes tonight if they wish. Yes. Um, <laughs> praise God. For the young people in here that are not in need of glasses, the other day I was looking at some. I was like, because I hear that like, and it's probably not a good question, but I hear that when your eyes go, they just like go. And I was looking at something. It was something beautiful, probably my wife. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> well, here comes the next part, and then my eyes went blurry. <laughs> I was going with there with something and I lost train of thought. All right, so so the, this evening I'm going to talk about these these yokes and 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 I, I, one of the biggest areas that that most Christians, when you mention yoke, they automatically go to the term unequally yoked, which we are going to talk about here in a second. But there's way more to it than that. There's way more rain of revelation to understanding the, the yoke of Christ versus the yoke of this world and of this flesh. Let me just let me just kind of give you a little bit of uh, context. Um, you know, the yoke was used different ways with different types of animals in biblical terms. Uh, when Jesus gives this example, obviously he was he was preaching and teaching to a culture that farmed their land. They they had they had ox and they 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 oxen. They farmed their land. They had livestock. They had different types of livestock. And when we talk about a yoke such as this, um, when the word talks about a yoke such as this, it is referring to. Two equally sound animals working in succession and balance and peace with the work of the master behind them, pushing them. And, and, and by the way, the yoke was not created to cause any pain. In fact, the, the bit that you would place in a horse's mouth is far more severe a spur in the flank of a horse is far more severe than a, a balanced, well-made wood yoke on livestock. Now, 
I want to show you guys just a few pictures tonight just to kind of get you. Let's go to the next one here. So this yoke, you've got two large animals. I don't know that exact breed. doesn't matter. But these are two equally matched animals that are, are doing the work of the master together. And because they are doing the work of the master together, their burden and their yoke is light. Because they are working together. Let's see the next picture. Uh-huh. Now take a look at that. I really want to ask y'all what you're thinking right now. But, but I'm afraid. Oh, it's just too easy, Lord. It's just too easy. <laughs> For those on the recording right now, we've got a, a, a picture of a, a, a large breed, a, you know, a cow, and then we've got we've got a, a donkey. And uh, the Bible refers to it much more adequate than I will from the pulpit. It just feels weird saying it, but you know, this is a very unequally matched team. This is a. This is a. a uh, this is not a real picture. This is probably obviously this is this is cropped and this yoke was put in here, because no sane farmer is going to to put a cow and a donkey together to try to to uh, tend their land, right? Why? Because that donkey there is going to cause a whole lot of problems. That donkey there is going to cause an imbalance in the yoke. That donkey there is going to cause a misrepresentation of how the work is supposed to be done. That donkey is going to be extremely stubborn. Right? And, and so in Jesus' reference in, in the Bible here, which is what we just read in Matthew chapter 11, the biblical definition of a yoke... And there's different definitions, but I'll just let me just give you one or two here. Is a well-known implement of husbandry, frequently used metaphorically for subjection. Hence, in 1 Kings 12:4 and 1 Kings uh, chapter 9 through 11, we see the use of a an iron yoke. An iron yoke is very different than. A wood yoke, and here's what here's what I want you to see here. The the spiritual picture is the 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 sanded down, smooth, exact weight distributed yoke that Jesus gives us to wear does, is not an implement of bondage, but it's an implement of freedom. the The yoke of made of steel or of iron weighs a whole lot more. It, it's what you guys and what I was wearing before we got saved. It's heavy. It carries with it mistrust. It carries with it grief. It carries with it hindrances. It carries with it a, a host of sin, a host of, of anxiety, a host of fear, a host of all sorts of different things the world wants to put on us, the enemy wants to put on us, our own flesh wants to put on us, and all of those things are extremely heavy to carry. That's why you you can't carry the weight long term. There was a, uh, and I wouldn't recommend anybody watching this, but I want to mention it because it was
very great example. Yesterday I saw a clip of a young actor, um, Shia LaBeouf is his name. Many of you know that name. He was in the first Transformer movies when he, he was a Disney kid, I believe, or Nickelodeon or something. And he's been in a lot of different movies. He's taken some terrible paths in his life, um, very far from God, very, a very tragic story. He actually made a movie, which I, I have not seen, um, but he made a movie a couple of years ago about his father. And he made this movie about how abusive his father was. And granted, his father um, was a, uh, a criminal. He, he, he grew uh, hot fields and, and was a, a drug dealer. He did a lot of bad things. Well, this, from what I saw in this video, and it was a harsh video to listen to. There was quite a bit of, of, of language. Um, but I, nonetheless, I listened to it because I, I felt like there was something that the Lord wanted to teach me. I know for some of you, you may not agree with that, but, but he did teach me a lot in it. And, and I'm just, you know, you have to remember my ministry for many years was every conversation I had with the homeless and crack addicts was them cussing at me or just conversationally. So it, I, I do not like cussing. I do not cuss myself. I've never really cussed. Even as a kid growing up with a bunch of cussers, I didn't cuss. I don't, I don't know why. I should have. I'd be very good at it right now if, if I had done the way, the way my family did. I mean, I know all the words. They just don't do anything for me, right? Anyway, so, so I watched this, and, and, and Shia was, was telling a story about he created this story about his father. And recently it said that he, is, he has just come to Christ. I don't know for sure that he has. I hope that he has. The way he was talking was very raw, but it was like, hey, this guy possibly just got saved raw, and he needs quite a few years of sanctification and discipleship, as we all do. But he was so apologetic but for all these years, he created a story about his dad that was completely false. That his dad never, his dad spanked him one time in his life. This movie was all about how abusive his dad was. And physically abusive. This movie just came out two or three years ago. And he, he recently, in the last 60 days, he's, he says he has come to the Lord. And he just gave this very exhaustive, very, a lot of cursing, but a very intelligent revelation of I need to make amends and I need to do it publicly so people know that I've been a liar my entire life. And so I begin to think about that. I begin to think about how Shia and us and so many other people, we try to carry this yoke, even in our salvation. We tend to try to carry a yoke that God did not create for us. Let me see another picture here. So this is another thing. And we, don't, we think of unequally yoked as the picture before. But I want you to think of this too. This, this, um, this is actually not a Clydesdale. This is, this is a 
probably a mix of a Percheron and a Clyde stuff. But anyways, that's just horse talk. But this, this animal here is far stronger than the animal on the right. Far stronger. Even in this situation, if you look at it spiritually, both of these two people, animals, could be Christians. But because of overbearing strength of this Percheron, it still can cause an unequally yoked relationship. Y'all following me? It's not just, I'm married to a drug addict. Unequally yoked. It could be, I'm, I'm married to somebody, and listen, I said, I said we weren't going to go there, but, but I guess we have to because the Lord's bringing it up now as I'm yeah. speaking. But it's not just about marriage. It's about every single relationship in your life, the context, the way that you see your relationship, the way that you see the church, the way that you see your children. Is that the correct context according to the word of God? Or is it like, is it a false narrative that you have created year after year after year after year like Shia did? He created this narrative in his mind about how abusive his dad was and how terrible was dad. And then he admits some, I think he's maybe close to 40 now, that he admits that his dad never even abused him, never hit him, never put cigarettes out on his body, never did any of that stuff. I'm trying to get across to you guys that the yoke that Jesus wants us to have is so simple. And it's so vibrant. And it's so exciting. Why? Because it doesn't require you to do all the plowing yourself. Now he doesn't say you're not going to plow. But he did say, guess what? I'm going to be with you and I'm going to plow with you. And I'm going to make this easy. I'm going to make this light. There's a lot of different things in the Word of God, and, and, and I love how in, in the ancient culture, the word yoke was a term that was used to describe not only submission, but it was used to describe honor. Right? The Bible talks a lot about giving honor where honor is due. Do you think that you should be giving honor to somebody that does not do honor? Absolutely not. I personally, this is just my opinion, there's certain things, uh, certain offices that I'm going to give honor to. I'll give honor to the office, but in certain situations, I cannot biblically, as a disciple, give honor to that person. Because if I give honor to that person, I I have now become a liar. Against the word of God. And I am am entering into this false narrative. I think partially I've done this with my own family. Is we create things out of events in our life that put this heavy yoke on us once again. You may have had a centralized major event in your past as a child, maybe as a young adult, that has affected you. But has the narrative you've created around that event, is that really what happened as a kid? Or have you inflamed it? 
Have you made it bigger? Have you increased the borders of that? Have, have you, I, I, I think about my brothers. I think about when my, yes, my brothers did do terrible things. Yes, my brother did go get sentenced to life in, in prison in Huntsville. Yes, he did get out 20 years later for, because he got a degree and he had good behavior. Yes, he did rob banks. Yes, my other brother did this. Yes, my mom did. All those things are accurate. But, but here's what I'm trying to say is we've got to stop building things bigger than they actually were in the past. Because we get into our stories and it seems as though our story of past events become bigger than God's story for our current events. And that's a problem because God is supposed to be way bigger than all of our problems, all of our pain, all of our grief, all of our heartache, all of our suffering. And it's not just he's supposed to be. He actually is bigger than all those things. And darn it, I was going to preach about some of this on Sunday, but I just let the cat out of the bag. we got to stop building a false narrative on our marriages, our Christian walk, our careers, our the people that we work for, the people that we submit to. Did you know that by you attending this church, now you may not like this. Be careful. By you attending this church and being part of this church family, you are submitting to the authority that God has in this church and the authority that God has set up. If you go do anything in your life, no matter what job you take, you are submitting to the authority of that company, dictatorship, evil presence, whatever you want to call it. Now listen, I'm not saying Listen, you got to work. I get it. Somebody said the other day, Pastor, the Lord blessed me with this awesome, awesome job, but I can't go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays anymore. And I said, well, God bless you, brother, but that wasn't God. What? Sorry. That contradicts who my God is. That contradict. Well, Pastor, what about? Listen, listen. I have learned this the hard way. I have taken ministry positions that have kept me out of the church and said, "Oh, that's the Holy Ghost." Holy Ghost never told me to take that job. Candace and I took a youth pastor. I wasn't even called to be a youth pastor. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with drug rehab. I'm going to find me an AG church. We're going we're gonna to take a youth pastor position. That's exactly what happened. I put my resume out there. A couple weeks later, we got hired as youth pastors at a, at a church in whatever town, Texas. I don't even know the name of it. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and we were there for a year. And I'm telling you, it was the worst year of my life. I thought God had forgotten about me. He said, Court, I don't forget about you. In fact, I never sent you there. Deal with it. 
You know, God will tell you, you made that bed. Enjoy. He's, he's a good father. A bad father rescues their kids when they don't need to be rescued. Learn this the hard way too. God will rescue you out of your situation when it is best for his kingdom and his will and not before, not during, and not after. He will do it in the right time. And if it's not part of the will of God to rescue you from everything that you got yourself locked into, he will use that as, what do we call it in the spiritual? A teaching opportunity. He will teach you not to get out of his will. Pastor, I, that, it was the Lord. The Lord called me to marry that unsaved man. Hmm. No. No, I didn't. Now, some of you disagree with that right there. Because your response is, well, he got saved a few years later. He got saved 20 years later. Listen, God, once you're married, you're married. And now, now God is on the next course of, hey, they're, they're going to come in. I'm going to keep reaching. I'm going to keep reaching. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to keep providing windows and doors for them to go through. And, and hopefully those people will surrender again. But we got a lot of people in this church that are saved and their spouses are sitting at home unsaved. And I can't remember any one of them telling me at my almost three-year mark and believing that God told them to do that. Wisdom comes through time and failure. It does. It's not like I had emphysema just then. Okay, no. Stop smoking like last week. It's good. Being unequally yoked with anything in your life. Is hardship. If you are married to somebody that is not serving the Lord, you pray that they accept Jesus and you keep praying and you keep moving in the direction of believing and trusting God. But you don't slow down. You keep moving forward. This is what I've had to do with Candace. <laughs> Consequently, I did purchase a very high-end air mattress recently. <laughs> Fits in our living room really well. <laughs> Cooper and I just love sleeping on that air mattress. Give me another picture. <laughs> So I love this picture here because what do we have? We have this two pictures ago. We've got the, 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 the cow and we've got the, the donkey. That actually looks more like a burrow, but whatever. That's just me talking again. But you've got two unequally yoked situations, but, but, but you've got to, and let's just go to the point of marriage here. You've got somebody that are unequally yoked. We got, you've got one person that's doing all the work doing all the labor, pushing all the, the soil to the side, but, but what do you have, who do you have behind you? You've got Jesus helping you plow. 
helping your marriage. He's not forcing the donkey or the burrow to do more work. Because he knows the donkey and the burrow can't do... Let's just call it a burrow because that's what it is. He can't make the burrow do more work until the burrow understands its nature in Christ. This is what we do wrong as the body of Christ. We expect unsaved people to look saved. And then we're offended because they look unsaved. How ludicrous. They're doing exactly their job. They're, the borough doesn't know what to do except go along for the ride. While we are discouraged that that person in our life is not doing their part and it doesn't look like they are. Maybe some of you said, man, I don't think they're ever going to get saved. I mean, if we're being honest, some of us have said that in our quiet time with God. I wonder if they're ever going to surrender to God. I wonder if they will ever stop resisting Him. But what you don't realize is you've, you've got... The Savior there coming behind, pushing you guys as a unit. And he knows, and I believe this, I believe the book of Acts, that when we are saved, our whole household will be saved, right? I believe that the, the curses of the father and of the third and the fourth generation can be broken by the anointing of the Spirit. I believe that. I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in Candace's life. I've seen it in many of your lives as well. You gotta believe. And let, let's let's go to the last one, which I just saw this one and I liked it. That's talky. So sorry. So I'm, not, I'm very like, you know, obsessive compulsive tonight about all these animals on them. I don't know what it is. It's very sad. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Any questions? I know this is very deep and theological. Let me say it again. There's lots of sarcasm in this message tonight. I know y'all love when I'm sarcastic. And I get, I get terrible emails. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's really that simple. Does that mean we cannot minister? Of course not. Does that mean we cannot love? Of course not. Does that mean we cannot be kind? Does that mean we can't do this or that to help the lost? No, we were supposed to do that. But we are also not to be yoked with them. As a Christian man, do you start a business with an unbeliever? No. Maybe the Lord told you to. You better make sure it's the word of the Lord that tells you to do that. You better make sure. I know many stories of people in this very room that have gotten into business deals with people that said, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, hop on this deal with me, it'll be awesome. And you lost a lot of money because of it, because they lied and they cheated in this very room. Do not get involved in situations that are not of God. He goes on to say, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? 
Or what fellowship has light with darkness? The only fellowship that you guys should have with darkness is you shining the light of Jesus into that darkness. Okay? Galatians 5.1, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again. Again, meaning you've done this multiple times. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He's talking about that heavy iron yoke that weighs you down so much. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 1 to verse 2, let all who are under a yoke as slaves regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespected on the ground that they are what? Brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. How many of you understand that the Bible tells us that we are not to sue a believer? Man. Candace and I, we had an incident a few weeks ago. And we've talked to our neighbor since, but, you know, we, we, uh, we have some, like, play sets set up in our front yard, because we're just like that. We're, we're like, we're, we're bringing redneck to Ohio. <laughs> Columbia, we have arrived on Firestone Avenue, and we're going to put Cooper's play sets in our front yard, because we don't pay an HOA dude. All right. So we bought him all these apparatuses, a jungle gym, a trampoline, a large apparatus with a slide and a rock wall, another slide by itself that another neighbor gave us, and then some other apparatus. There's like five different things. In our front yard, if you see it in our front yard, it's very small. Okay. And so Cooper is out front a lot. We'll sit on the porch, we'll let him you know, play out there. We'll say, Cooper, don't go past this tree right here. Because if you go past this tree that goes down the we can't see you. We don't explain all that. We just say, you get it, he's three. Don't go past the tree. All right. And so he likes to go past the tree. Right? Cooper, if you go past the tree again, you're going to go inside. Okay, Cooper, you go past the tree again. Let's go inside. football game and this pit bull was out 
and we've never had any issues with this dog, but it, it has, you know, barked a little bit, has growled a little bit, nothing abnormal. But we're from the land of Texas where pit, pit bulls are, are more plentiful than they need to be. And so, so this pit bull, I'm outside, and I, I think I'm doing something on the porch, and he charges me. And there's a gate there, and of course I'm a tough guy, right? So I ran. <laughs> I ran into the house. And I got my phone, I was like, Candace? Their dog just, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm now upset. I'm reaching for a device that will end all these problems, okay? And so I go back out, I said, you know what, I need to, I need to get this on video. This is, this is bad. There's some people coming on bikes, and I told them, don't even come down the street. Go around. This dog is going to charge you. Call the police. Dog charged them. I got this dog. I went back out because I am tough, you know. Went back out. Got him on the phone, charged me again, ran back inside. Right? And and for a couple days, I mean, I was I was just really simmering, honestly. I was really Cooper can't go outside. The cops came, they they sighted her neighbor and she came over like a week later and said, hey, we've had issues too. We're going to put him down. Yeah, and like he tried to attack somebody at the Circle K, you know, whatever. So, so and, but she hasn't done it. She hasn't put the dog down. And I get it. I get it. I see both sides. But there was just something inside of me. I was, it was just, it was not a good place for me to be. You know, I, you know, would Candace, would, or I, or, Know, Bailey or Hayden would take our dogs out. You know, it was, it, it, you know, we were just our dog had already gotten. Well, we didn't. I didn't know this, but our dog had gotten bit by this pit bull before. And so, so all that just to say, I was developing this this yoke again out of one event, one event. And, and I'm telling you, I know y'all probably won't hear this from your pastor, but. There was two nights in a row I laid in bed and I was I just kept thinking about the worst outcome of if Cooper is out there and this dog got his jaws around Cooper's neck, how quickly would I even be able to respond and stop it without him, his life being in jeopardy? And I lost some sleep over this. And I, I still think about it because I feel like it's unresolved. But I had to take that. Go back to that first picture of that yoke, please. And I'm only thinking about this right now as I'm speaking, but, but I, I, I wasn't able just to take this yoke off my head. I, I had to get that spiritual screwdriver and some bolt cutters and a saw and whatever else I needed, and I had to disassemble it. Because it was beginning to be out of one event, out of one, not even a tragic event, but a possible tragic event, I allowed the enemy to use that for me to be really in a fit of rage and anger. And maybe more so fear than anything else of man. 
I pay for this mortgage. I work hard um, to pay for the things that we have. And we have a neighbor that cares more about a dog than a three-year-old. And she has kids too. And anyways, we like her. She's, she's, we, we have talked with her. We hope that she um, gets some type of um, fix on this. But, but, but I had to get that yoke off. And I had to become the representative of Christ that God has called me to be. It's, it's, I don't have the right, and neither do you, to stay in that place of the old me. The old person, I mean, I, I could have grabbed that shotgun in a blink of an eye and put that dog down. Uh, and it, would have, I, it wouldn't have been hard for me. I'm just being honest with you guys. Candace and I have had a couple of dogs in the past. First time they snipped at, at a child, they were going to another family. They were going someplace else. Another family that had children too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here, you take it. Let, let your children get dead. No, I didn't do that. But, but I'm just being honest with you guys. This, the, there are things in your life that occur on a weekly basis that you can't allow that old yoke to be reassembled on you. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to break that down. Now, let, let, me, let me close with this with some quick final thoughts. How the yoke of Jesus and discipleship in the home truly go hand in hand. Isaiah 58, 6, we've used this when we do our, our corporate fasting. Um, says this in Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? This one doesn't really have cords on it, but if it did, it's the cords that lead to the rear of the animal to where you are using. You saw the master up there moving the yoke back and forth in order to get the balance right so they would, so the, the two beasts would work together, right? So to set the oppressed free and to break what? Every yoke. We don't, we, don't, we don't worship a sometimes God. We don't worship a partial God. We don't worship a God that, that just does little things. We worship a God that does great and mighty things every single millisecond of every single day in all of creation. We serve a God that wants every yoke of oppression broken. So he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Meaning, when Jesus is, and y'all know that Jesus is always in teaching mode. He, he's always with his disciples, with all every community he walked in, every city that he, he's always at a place where he wants to pour his father out on everybody else. Right? We can all read it. And, and knowing that he is always in that season of teaching, don't you think that if you ask him, and the Bible says this clearly, that if you have a need to ask, he will answer, he will provide, he will touch that need in your life. He's not gonna, he's not gonna abandon, nor is he going to ignore you. 
Now, I'm a broken record on this. It may not be the answer that you think is the correct answer, but I'm going to tell you, your answer isn't the right answer. God's answer is the right answer. Okay? So, one more little Cooper story, and I'm going I'm to stop. He is cute, though. Man, I love him. Love when he cuddles up in bed with me at night before the bad parent comes in and takes him to his own room. <laughs> so this is what I mean about false narrative. All right? Y'all know who the good parent is, don't you? Oh, no, I meant, I meant her. I meant her. Y'all knew that, right? Y'all knew Beth, you were... Okay. I, saw that. I saw you... I saw you in agreement in the spirit that you thought I was the good parent, but, you know, that wasn't the Lord. That was, okay. <laughs> so let's just, let's just consider this context of, of, of Jesus and, and the article or the uh, material of this, of this yoke. So, so Cooper has this blanket that we didn't even buy for him. It came from his Uncle Matt, right? From Grandma, from Candace's mom that passed away a couple years ago. So it's it's a it's a it's a blanket um, that had been around before Cooper was even even known. You know, before we knew that we would have a Cooper, before we adopted him, before we even saw him. And it's a Paw Patrol blanket, and of course his favorite thing is, is Paw Patrol, right? So uh, not yesterday, but the day before. I brought him to daycare, and I put his Paw Patrol blanket in his backpack, and last night, when, you know, the difficult parent came in to get Cooper out of the bed for me so that he could go to his bed, uh, Candace said, where's his Paw Patrol blanket? And I said, uh-oh, <laughs> Court Riddle did it again. <laughs> The Paw Patrol blanket is at the daycare. That's what I'm thinking. I didn't admit that to her. Oh, good. Um, mm. That's called holding your tongue. So, so, and I, I was like this when I kid. I had, a, I had this. I had a blanket too. And. There's just such a level of comfort when a child has a healthy attachment to something that they feel connected to, right? And for Cooper, it's this, this simple, faded little Paw Patrol blanket, right? And I thought about this today in my office, and I thought about how, you know, he was fine, he was asleep last night, but he was upset for a while that he didn't have his blanket, and it was my and but I started thinking about today in my office about a, a lot of people coming in to the Lord. They may say, what God, you want me to take off the yoke of this world and you want me to put on a new yoke? Think about this for a second. Jesus is saying, take my yoke it's light, it's easy, it's not laden with 
all this other stuff that the world is dishing out. But for the person that doesn't understand, I'm coming out of bondage, but now I'm going back into bondage. Right? I know what I believe, and I understand, I believe you, all of you guys do tonight, that the yoke is exactly the way Jesus describes it. That it is a, a, a reminder, as I said 15 minutes ago, it is a reminder that he is plowing the ground with us. It is a reminder that we are no longer a slave, that we are a friend to him, right? That he has freed us, but here's the, here's the part that we got to understand about honoring the yoke of Christ. Is when you understand that you trying to control your life isn't working and control the people in your life isn't working, the true honor that you give God is when you say, God, I not only serve, because we, we talk about surrendering our loved ones to the Lord all the time, but I don't think I mention enough about us making sure that we fully surrender to Him. And his yoke, because it's easy and it's light. It's not there as a bondage. It's there as a reminder, I am your comfort and strength. Cooper doesn't, we tell Cooper about Jesus, but he doesn't understand yet. He may understand parts, little fragments, but he, he doesn't understand the full weight of Calvary. Don't you know that there's 30, 40, 50, and 60-year-olds in this very community that don't understand the full weight Amen. of Calvary? Yeah. And so for them, they their blanket is the way that they live, their comfort zone, their, their, their pill, right? Their drug, their sex addiction. Their bondage, that is their comfort. And so for us to help people understand the weight of Calvary, they have to understand the true heaviness and the weight of sin. And the judgment that comes out of living a life of sin and not surrendering to Christ. The yoke tonight is a reminder for us not to be entangled with things that dig up that old man. Word. Right? That get us in that place of thinking and acting. You know, most of us Christians, we, we never truly go back. But is it terrible enough that we begin to think about things in a non-discipleship way that aren't in the benefit of advancing the kingdom? Right? I know there's 50 different ways I could have said that better. So let's pray. That's the best way to end all of this tonight is just to pray and thank the Lord. Y'all stand with me. Um, I'm going to release you in just a second. I wrote this down this morning. There's peace of not having to figure life out on your own. There's assurance as we follow his lead, Jesus declares that his yoke is easy. Um, the word easy doesn't imply simple 
but it implies good. Do you hear that? Easy does not mean simplistic. It means good. The goodness, we just think about it, the goodness of God. Isn't it okay with you guys if life is tough sometimes? Right? That you have the shepherd with you, guiding you, guiding that yoke that's over you, and bringing you to a different place. It's amazing to think about where God has taken us individually and corporately as a church. Father, I thank you so much for this this, um, brief time tonight, God, to honor your word, to honor you, God, to honor what your presence is doing in each and every one of us, God. We are all at different places in our life, God. We've got many things in common, Father, but we also have many areas that you want to change, that you want to sand down, that you want to refine with Holy Ghost fire. There are many areas of of my life, God, that you are waiting for me to truly give over to you so that you can have your way. God, I believe if we're all being honest, there's areas of our life that we need all of your help in, God. God, I pray there's there's so many stories represented in this room tonight, God. Some of the narratives are correct and some of them are incorrect. But each and every one of us tonight, God, aches and yearns. I believe this, that everybody here on this Wednesday night, God, aches and yearns to be closer to you. We ache and yearn to know exactly the areas that you want to fix, that you want to change, that you want to recycle, that you want to make pure and clean again, God. There's so many stories in here of hurt, of pain, of suffering. There's so many stories, Father, that are not finished. None of our stories in this room tonight are finished, God, because we are all breathing. We are all still alive, and we all still have an opportunity to get closer to you, God. And that's exactly why we came here tonight, Father, is so that we can leave here knowing, hey, I am making a deeper commitment as a disciple of you, God, to follow you wherever